Welcome to Taiwan Brief, a deeper dive into issues impacting Taiwan. I'm Donovan Smith in Taichung, Taiwan. Welcome to the program. All right, first, I'd like to give a shout out to Joshua on Patreon. Thank you very much for your support. It really does help us, it encourages us, and it means a lot to us personally. So thank you very much, Joshua, and thank you for the support. All right, for this show, it's fairly heavily based on the Taiwan News article, Will Freddie Lim Survive the Recall, that I wrote. Now, longtime listeners, you'll recognize some of the points that I make in this because I did a show after the Chambuwe recall. Some of these points are the same, but there's been some new information that's come out since. So there is some new goodies in here for you. So let's jump right in. Following the successful recall vote against Taiwan State Building Party, legislator Wanda Chenbowe, a.k.a. Sang-kyu, and yes, his English name is listed as Wanda, in October, many are drawing comparisons between Chen and the recall vote coming up on January 9th against independent legislator Freddie Lim, and predicting Lim will be the next to fall. While there are indeed similarities between the two, there are some key differences that give Lim, I think, a little bit more of a fighting chance. The similarities include neither being in a major party, being staunchly pro-Taiwan, and taking stances on some issues that are outside of the mainstream of public opinion, like supporting marijuana legislation or legalization as well. And Lim, by the way, helped out to campaign against Chen's recall and spoke out about it against it after it passed. But to pass, the supporters of the recall need to pass a minimum threshold of 25% of the electorate and outnumber the opponents. Turnout will be critical, and on this, Lim has some things going for him, but he does have some things to be concerned about. The biggest problem for Lim is that his district in Taipei's Wanhua district and in parts of the Zhongzheng district leans toward the KMT. It's not totally in the bag for the KMT, but it leans that way. For example, in recent referendums, out of the four, the district voted with the KMT on three. And some have pointed out that the numbers that voted with the KMT in the referendums outnumber the necessary votes to recall him. I didn't think that was a terribly useful number, but a lot of people are talking about it because we need to see what the turnout's going to be. So we'll see. Lim's own polling, by the way, paints a mixed picture. 22% support his recall and 20% oppose it. Worse for him is that the supporters planning to actually vote is 80%, with only 58% opposing it, planning to come out and cast their ballots. That polling underscores the importance of turnout. 22% is below the threshold to pass, and 80% of that is below 18%. So they'll need to convince a large number of undecided voters to turn out, boost those numbers. Another problem for Lim is some controversy raised after the coronavirus outbreak in his district, in which he seemed to back the government, when a government official appeared to try to absolve the central health authorities of responsibility for the outbreak by saying it originated in Wanhua, which is not accurate. He also was criticized for a press conference held at the local night market around that time, with critics saying he only visited there for publicity during elections. Those controversies are pretty mild when you think about it, though. In a sense, the voters have already had a chance to recall him. He won the seat under the banner of the new power party in 2016 with a margin of 4% and won it again in 2020 as an independent by 3%. So essentially, the voters have already reaffirmed that they want him as their lawmaker. That sets him apart from other revenge recall politicians targeted by the pan-blue camp, 
following the successful recall of KMT Kaohsiung Mayor Daniel Han Guoyu, all of the others were in their first term, including Han Guoyu. That he has been reelected speaks volumes about his character. After all, he was backed by voters in spite of having long hair and being a death metal rock star as the front man for Thonic, and, by the way, former head of Amnesty International Taiwan, so he's hardly a normal politician. As a person, he comes across as likable, positive, caring, and constructive. I actually went just after the New Power Party was founded. Their second ever public meeting was held in Taichung, and I went and saw him and Hong Ziyong speak. I was really quite impressed with both of them. Lim was very confident, very articulate, very comfortable speaking on stage. Afterward, he actually came up and spoke to me and Mike Turton, and I think Andrew Kerslake was there as well, asked us if we had understood everything that was going on. And anyway, it was a very nice thing of him to do. Only about two or three dozen people showed up for that meeting, but they did go on to do reasonably well in the upcoming elections at that time. Anyway, so... Lim comes across as likable, positive, caring, and constructive. This is important, as the two successful recalls against Chen and Taoyuan City Councilor Wang Haoyu of the DPP were against characters with combative personalities known for creating controversy, and in Chen's case, physically fighting with KMT lawmakers in the legislature and bragging about it. An unsuccessful recall against independent Kaohsiung City Councilor Huang Jie failed to gain much traction. Unlike Chen and Wang, her public persona is of a kind, positive person. It's difficult to mobilize people to bother to vote to oust somebody who's hard to hate. I follow her on Instagram, and you know she sometimes posts things like you know pictures of her in a new dress and asking people if you like my new dress, that sort of thing. She's not insulting like the Taoyuan city councillor who went out of his way to really offend people. Using past recalls and the referendums as a proxy, they usually have a turnout in the low 40s, with the exception of Chen's, which was in the low 50s. If the turnout does stay in the low 40s, then it will be hard for the recall supporters to manage to pass the 25% threshold. In Chen's case, the high turnout is in support of his recall, probably came down to two factors neither of which is a problem for Lim. His combative and controversial personality and get-out-the-vote efforts by the Taichung Black Faction, which, by the way, I did a show on factions recently, so you can check that out. There's no way to know how effective the Black Faction was, but by Chen's estimate, it was roughly 20,000 people, which made all the difference in that narrow race. Nathan Battle over at Frozen Garlic, he thinks that 20,000 number is a bit high, and I agree with him. But it is the only number that we have to work with. It's the only one out there in the last five years that I've seen. So Lim is likable, and unlike in Taichung, there's no local equivalent to the black faction with anywhere near the same power. His opponents are going to have to work very hard to get enough voters out to topple him. So I think he's got a far better chance, I think, than Chen Bolwei did. But we'll have to see. Next week, we'll see what the results are. All right, so that's been our program for today. Be sure to tune in next time. And I'm Donovan Smith, and I've been your host today. And look forward to next time. This has been brought to you by the Taiwan Report. For more content like this, become our patron at report.tw. Hey, I'm Taiwan girl. I'm Taiwan girl.